Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spin Radio, your guide to understanding the trends, tools, and techniques to help your business thrive in the fast-moving landscape of digital and web. Spin Radio is brought to you by SpinWeb, now part of Mojo Media Labs, on the web at spinweb.net and mojomedialabs.com. I'm Michael Reynolds. And I'm Allison Gibbs. And we are your hosts today. Glad you've joined us for our second-to-last episode of Spin Radio. Uh, we will do one more next week, but as you heard last week, SpinWeb has been acquired by Mojo Media Labs, and Allison and Steph will be launching a brand new podcast next year. Yes. Woo-hoo! Nathan's not on the board today, so we don't have clapping noises. Actually, I could probably find clapping noises. You probably could. Mm, where are they? Let's see. Is that a celebration? Oh, the celebration noises. Oh. There you go. We're getting fancy yeah. last two episodes. I'm just going to push all the buttons and see what happens. That celebration sound lasts a long time. It does. I can't stop it. Are you sure? There, it's up to Okay. Ah, there we go. (laughs) Clearly, I'm just like totally off the rails at this point. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I found clapping noises. So uh, yes, our second to last episode, we've got a great show for you today with a couple topics. And then next week will be our kind of goodbye episode of Spin Radio, and we'll kind of tell you what's next. So our show today, uh, a short one today. Allison has a weekly roundup item related to a seven-year-old making millions of dollars on YouTube. It's insane. I can't wait to hear about this. And then we thought a good end-of-year topic would be sharing some demographics and statistics on social media, because this actually came up in my conversations lately where people were asking, hey, you know, the specific question was, should I be on Facebook anymore? Is Facebook old news? Is it like, you know, going by the wayside and, you know, looking up some data was one way to help this person kind of understand how to approach Facebook and social platforms based on their business. So we'll cover that a little bit, uh, kind of look at some of the data. I'm going to ask Allison what she thinks about the data and how it helps you make decisions in social media marketing as well. I never love giving my opinion. You're not really, you're kind of a quiet type. I you're, am. you're kind of introverted. You, you'd like to really, you know, you're kind of shy. You don't want to tell people what you think. Never. So I'm going to try and pull that out of you today. Okay. I'm going to try to... It'll be a challenge. I'm going to bring you out of your shell. That's okay. Yeah. I'm here for it. All right. So let's start off the weekly roundup. Your item today is a seven-year-old making millions on YouTube. Tell me more. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Forbes recently released their list of the highest paid YouTubers. And so what this is, is a list of basically all of the users out there on YouTube that have monetized YouTube. And the top earner this year is a seven-year-old and he earned $22 million dollars 22 million dollars seven years old can you believe that and what he does is it's his name is ryan and he does ryan toys reveal like it's basically he has this whole little channel where he goes through and unboxes new toys and like shows them off and plays with them and whatnot and i think that it is insane his parents have been right so his parents put him uh created a YouTube channel for him in March of 2015. So he's been doing this since he was four, which is so crazy wow. to me. But um, so the the thing that I love about this, and I've said this for a long time now, in that we have a, like the the reason why I think a kid is so successful is that they just don't care. Like they haven't been jaded by the world. And they're just they're not, being themselves. Yeah. And they're not worried about not trying to be professional yeah, or not, stuffy. Or... They're so genuine. I mean, if you think about it, like I have a six year old, so I have a kid right around the same age and 
I mean, like she's so genuine. She says exactly what's on her mind. She doesn't care what anybody else thinks about uh, about her or, 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 you know, what she plays with or what have you. And so I think if we, and I've said this before, and I know you even wrote a blog post about it one time. If you kind of take a step back and you look at things almost through like you're a child where you just don't care anymore, then mm-hmm. maybe you might be not so risk averse in making business decisions, marketing decisions and what have you. Um, we were watching the, we were watching the, the, a couple of the videos right before this, Sam and I were, and uh, he was like, this doesn't sound terribly interesting. And I'm like, well, we're not the target audience. Like yeah. the target audience is our kids wanting to look at these videos and they've done a stellar job of monetizing that. So he has 17.3 million followers um, and his videos, I mean, he gets like over a million views on every single video that he has. So it's crazy. That's beautiful. Yeah. This reminds me of, you know, all the clients we've had in the past that have said, how do I get, you know, how do I get this many followers on YouTube? How do I get my videos to go viral? How do I do this? And like, here it is. Be yourself, do something useful. I mean, do something valuable that people want to learn about and be yourself and don't overthink it. And obviously his parents are helping him. It's not like he's not just doing all of this on his well, own. Well, yeah, but he's the one like on the video, Correct. right? Correct. Yeah, he's like no. the main one on the video. I mean, his parents are like in and out and whatnot, like interacting with him in various at various points. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So it's not just him, but it's just it's it's just crazy to me. Yeah. That's $22 cool. million. Dollars. <laughs> of course, he found this on BuzzFeed. So get it together, Allison's children. Let's <laughs> let's make some let's make some YouTube videos. You're budding entrepreneurs. <laughs> I hope. Harper's going to be president someday, right? Or is that Juliet? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I know that um, my oldest wants to be a doctor right now. So we'll see if that continues. Okay. That's She's been saying that for several years now, but she's also six. So, you know, lots of things can change between now and that's then. That's true. All right. So our main topic today, uh, somewhat related, is on social media demographics. And again, this was kind of prompted from a question I got earlier this week about, you know, hey, should I be on this platform or that platform? You know, I, with the whole Cambridge Analytica stuff and all the data issues with uh, Facebook and, you know, all the stuff that's kind of been in the news about Facebook. This person was thinking, oh, is, is Facebook really not relevant anymore? Should I should I not be investing in Facebook? And this is not really Facebook specific, but in this case, I was like, well, um, you know, let's let's look at some data. Let's look at the data on is Facebook still growing? Uh, who's on Facebook, what are the age demographics, and it kind of reminded me it's always good to go back and have a dose of reality because I kind of told this person, you know, if you watch the news and you watch the articles on on your feed and you, you know, see all the doom and gloom and the sky is falling stuff that's happening, it can prompt you to make up a reality that's maybe not necessarily true. And the reality for some people is, oh, well, it sounds like Facebook's been in trouble lately, so it's going away. Well, uh, the data shows otherwise. So I thought we'd pull a... Uh, some charts and some data on various social media platforms and look at things like, you know, age, sex, race, things that are, you know, college degree, um, you know, education level, uh, the different things that people might look at when they're kind of analyzing their audience of people they want to market to and how that lines up with their expectations and, and the realities on social media. So and I want to ask Allison kind of what she thinks about how it applies. So uh, the, chart I'm looking at right now is from the Pew Research Center, and it is U.S. adult social platform use by demographic group, and it's looking at YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter, and WhatsApp. Are you on WhatsApp? 
Allison? I'm not, no. I'm not either. Yeah. That's, uh, that's more of a non-U.S. platform, right? Like, people outside the U.S. are more into that? Uh, it's my That's my understanding. I mean, okay. if you take a look, this is the, uh, out of this data pool, this data set here, we, it's the lowest use yeah. out of all of... Although the, Twitter's not far behind. <laughs> Twitter's not far, but I mean, yeah. But, you know, hashtag Twitter. Anyway, so um, let's take a look. So... Let's actually start with Facebook, if you don't mind, because that's the one I kind of started yeah, with in my the question. So this, if you look at Facebook, um, before you were looking at the data, and it's not fair to ask you because you're in the know, but most people, if they're, if they're not looking at the data, what do you think their expectation would be on the age demographics of Facebook? Well, I think everybody thinks that it's older people because... And I, what I should, uh, I, I would say that everybody thinks that it's going to be thirty and older, and that because we kind of grew up with Facebook. So yeah, to because speak. we grew up with Facebook. Um, it's it's talked about quite a bit that the younger demographics don't like Facebook. Um, how and that there are also, I mean, I still see these studies rolling around where it's like the fastest growing age group on Facebook are the sixty plus. Like at some point, that's gonna plateau, right? So and fastest growing doesn't necessarily mean largest. Bingo. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, so I think that most people think it's, you know, 30 plus. Yeah. So the data actually shows that the largest group age-wise on Facebook is age 18 to 24. With a whopping, I was going to say that, a whopping 94% of Americans in that age range using Facebook. So right off the bat we're seeing that young people actually are on Facebook. And that data shows that bias is actually incorrect. So uh, I do want to note just one thing about the mm -hmm. date that all of this was published. So this was published back in March. Yeah, March 2018. So just to be very clear that this data set will update, obviously, within the next year. And some of this may change based off of the things that have happened this year. That's true. <laughs> with yeah. Facebook. Um, but so we're using the most recent data available to us. Yeah. And we know that, that the... The youths of America. Have, the kids these days. The kids these days have been saying that they're getting rid of Facebook recently, but I don't know. I'm not expecting this to change my two cents. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. A so, whole lot, I guess I should say. It'll change. Just not a whole lot. Yeah. And so um, basically there's kind of three categories spanning from age 18 to 49 here. And that's the largest um, largest group right there. 94%, uh, 88%, 85%, those three categories. So that's good news for those who are targeting that age group. Um, so again, my answer back to this person asking this question was, Hey, look at the data. Uh, Facebook is still very relevant for your audience and, and give it a shot. So, uh, what about, um, is there anything surprising in here? Look at Instagram. Um, as far as age demographics, is there anything surprising to you in there? Not to me, I don't think. Cause well, it wasn't surprising to me as much that, like the age demographic. So it's 71% uh, of 18 to 24 year olds are on Instagram. But what was kind of shocking to me was the overall total of 35% of people are on Instagram. I would have expected that to be higher. Now that could, that could just be as a result of the data pool that they're using in this particular study. However, I thought that it would have been significantly higher than that. At least 50%, I would have expected. I'm sorry, which one are you looking at? That Instagram. But which uh, which category? Uh, Overall? Just the total, yeah. Oh, total, right. Yeah, the total. Yeah. What, it's listed as 35%, and I would have expected that to be at least 50. Yeah. Well, I can kind of see that, because uh, it's a little more, 
unique than like Facebook is like accessible to everybody. Everybody kind of knows Facebook. It's like kind of become the standard where Instagram is a little bit different. So not everybody likes to just scroll and look at pictures. They never really know how to use it. Which is why I think it's so popular between the 18 to 24 yeah. year olds. Yes. And I mean, it's like, it's a, so with Facebook and they also include YouTube in this as mm-hmm. a social platform. So when you're looking at Facebook and YouTube, it's pretty widely used across all of the different demographics. Oh, I just goofed. I just realized I just goofed. Did you notice that? No. What'd My numbers say? were wrong on Facebook. The the argument is still relative, but they're still irrelevant. But the I was looking at YouTube's numbers, ninety four percent. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I need to correct that. Actually, sorry. This chart is kind of like the usability. Of this chart's a little bit squished. It's not great. Um, the ages eighteen to twenty four on Facebook are actually eighty percent, and then twenty five to twenty nine percent, eighty two percent, and then thirty to forty nine, seventy eight percent. So still, the argument is still relevant that a lot of young people are on Facebook as much as any other age range. But I need to correct that because the chart was kind of squishing those percentages a different way. So you know that womp. the YouTube chart is like scrunched up against I the do Facebook see chart. That. Now that you're yeah. saying this, yes, I can see yeah. that. So anyway, just want to correct that for the record in case you're looking at the chart. So anywho, so what uh, what other things stand out to you? Look at Snapchat. Well, you know I love Snapchat. Yeah, so that's all young people. It's ages all, eighteen to twenty four. Yes. yes. Yeah. So 27% of users overall, 78% in the age range of 18 to 24, and 54% in the age age range of 25 to 29. So, I mean, I think that whenever you hear people say that Snapchat is dead, it's because it's people that aren't in in the demographic of using it. Uh, because I still very much see, even though I know a couple of months ago they totally changed the interface on it and it made it like way more confusing, I think, for me. But I'm also old, so um, I'm you're not, old. I'm not their, t- I'm not their, their Great, target thanks. demographic. Yeah, you're welcome. Here to help, make you feel good. Um, well, I'm not their target demographic at all. Look at that. Um, so they. Uh, even with all of those changes, when people were mad about it, that hasn't, I haven't seen any major steep decline and lack of use, I guess, and stop, stop, stoppage, I guess, of use between uh, the main demographics for Snapchat. So here's the thing we could share more stats, but that's boring. Uh, we don't really <laughs> rattle off stats. So my question is really how do you, in, okay, going into 2019, you're a business, how do you decide what, social media platforms to use in your strategy? Do you look at the raw data and say, I'm just going to pick the platform that my audience is most active on based on data? Or is it more important to find a platform that aligns with other things about your business? Or is it something else or a combination? Because I know a lot of people are just, they're very data-driven. They say, well, you know, I want to make sure my audience is on Facebook and that's what I'm going to use. Or my audience is on Twitter and that's what I'm going to use. Um, I have a feeling that's not necessarily the the only piece of the puzzle, though. Yeah, so I always say this. I like to, we need to meet our users where they want to hang out. And so if you haven't taken the time to go through and put together buyer personas, any type of, you know, ideal client profile or ideal customer profile, if you haven't done that yet, then now is the time to put all of that together and really do the research and the due diligence to find out what platforms your customers or your potential customers, where they want to hang out or where they like to hang out. Because you can say that you want to find people on LinkedIn all you want, 
but the reality is that your buyer persona may not necessarily hang out there. Um, I technically have a LinkedIn profile. I log into it. How technically. Often I, how long do I, how often do I log into it? Maybe once mm, a week. Once a quarter. Yeah. Maybe once a week. Do I log oh, into it? Once a week. Okay. Yeah. It's higher than well, I expected. I, it, well, I don't like to have like notifications hanging out there. So I've been logging into it a lot more frequently. Um, but it, I'm not, that's not where I want to hang out. So if you're advertising to me because I have a LinkedIn profile and I'm on it once a week, well, that doesn't necessarily make sense if if I'm on Instagram and Facebook more or if I'm on Snapchat more. So you have to take the step back of looking at your your customers. And then I think that data like this helps support your buyer personas and then determining which channels you want to focus on. And just because you've been focusing on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, what have you for the last two to three years does not mean that you have to continue moving forward with those. You can stop any of this activity anytime and switch over to something if you think it's going to be more viable. I mean, you've got on this this particular study here, it's tracking (laughs) eight different platforms, including WhatsApp. Like there's just no way that most businesses are going to be super involved on all eight of these right even doing three of them is difficult i think uh, correct even doing two i think because you're spreading the resources way too thin um and it's just i don't know i would take the consideration of what are you doing currently what do you think is working what are your buyer personas where are they hanging out and then put that all together and then make your decisions from there for 2019 about how you're going to spend your social marketing resources and advertising resources. Yeah. So I think on LinkedIn, for example, if you're targeting salespeople, like maybe you've got a software product for salespeople, that's great for LinkedIn because salespeople use LinkedIn a lot, but that's kind of unique. A lot of people don't like a lot of like you, for example, you're not a LinkedIn person. I'm not. (laughs) And people try to connect with me all the time on LinkedIn because, People misuse LinkedIn a lot. Well, they they try to connect with me because they see if they're doing their research, they're going to the website. Maybe they've listened to the podcast. They know that I'm one of the people, one of the decision makers with on the within the team. I'm evaluating software on a fairly regular basis. Um, however, it it's just not the best place for me. Like they would be better off tracking me through. Uh, probably tracking pixels and then retargeting and remarketing if they're doing their ideal client profiles. But instead, I think people get so caught up because it's like, oh, LinkedIn, I'm going to find all these people here and it's going to be great and it's going to be rad and I'm going to connect with them. Rad. Yeah, it's going to be rad. Is that what the kids say these uh, days? Probably, yeah. Rob? Sounds fresh. Um, it sounds, Does it sound hip? Hip. Yes. Yep. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I think if you really want to, if you really want to be successful with social media, you've got to meet people where they want to hang out. And for me, it's just not LinkedIn. Sorry. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and shift gears for a minute. Oh, perfect. You're welcome. <sighs> um, so this is, we're coming to the end of 2018. Uh, coming into 2019, and this is one of those times where people always like to say, "Well, what's the what's the big thing for 2019, or what should I be doing to get ready my get my marketing ready for 2019?" As if like you know, this this magical switch that flips when the year turns over. But people just like to think in that, those terms, and they like to think of, "Hey, the coming year is going to bring some, you know something ch- better, maybe some change, maybe some new initiatives." So, what would you? How would you advise 
business leaders approach 2019 when it comes to their digital marketing strategy? What's something that you want to make sure that they know and that they're thinking about? How much time do we have? Hmm? Our podcast. All the time in the world because our podcast. Do whatever you want. Okay. Okay. So here's the deal. I continue to hear people say things like oh well i don't want to do xyz content according to what google says because google will just change it six months from now or i don't want to keep up with google's algorithms for whatever reason and so now here we are going into 2019 and there are companies out there that are still misusing their blog they're still misusing their website they're still misusing literally every part of their digital strategy because They either don't care about what Google says or they're waiting for the next best thing or they just totally want to disregard any of the best practices that are out there. So if you want to be successful in the digital space, your website needs to be your best paid salesperson. So if you have not redone your website in several years, now's the time. Get it together. Let's do it. Um, And then going along with that, you have to treat your SEO strategy as not focusing on your service product utility pages and more focusing on your resource resource pages. So Google will prioritize your educational content higher than your utility pages. That is by design. That is there's no trick to that. They've made it abundantly clear this is what they want you to do. And so if you are not doing that, if your blog is all about your products, all about your services, if it is not focused on any type of keywords or if the titles are all, um, for lack of a better word, janky and not focused on search, Michael's laughing now because he, he, he totally set me up to get on a soapbox. Um, Love it. If, you, if you're not focused on that type of stuff, on those types of efforts, then in my opinion, you might as well just not even do any of it. Because you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, and now is the time you have to, if you are not doing this, you have to, because you're just going to constantly be behind, and then you're going to continue to wonder, well, why is X competitor doing so much better than me, or why do I keep running up to, running up against this person and losing out on business, because, uh, you know, quite frankly, it's because you're scared, or you're just not wanting to follow the directions, or you think you know best and that may not necessarily be the case so your website needs to be your best paid salesperson it needs to be you need to be putting effort into educational content resource content um i'm a personally a big fan of pillar pages i think there's still a huge opportunity within that space from a content perspective because not everybody's doing it most people are still doing downloadable resources um, instead of pillar pages. And this could be your big opportunity going into 2019 to really embrace that and set yourself apart. And then going along with that, once you, once you put all of this into place and once you start to get into a rhythm with all of this content, which in my opinion is baseline, let's be very clear about that. Educational content on your website is a baseline. Once you have that set, that fuels your, fuels your social media that fuels the channels that you should be distributing all of this the this content on. It fuels your email marketing. It fuels your sales. I mean, it, there's so much that goes into this. And then from there, then add all of the other extra stuff that 
is going to be, which in some, there are some people out there that say that if you are not doing a podcast or if you're not doing a video series, you're behind too. Um, that's not extra anymore. So go back to the fundamentals. If you're not doing that, do it. And then start to add on all of the other stuff from here. End rant. <laughs> Slash end rant. Slash end rant. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, that's a great place to end because I could not <laughs> add anything to that. So um, I am uh, I'm excited for next year, the launch of next year's new podcast with Mojo Media Labs. Um, so thank you for you that. I hope you like and, what that yeah. what the soapbox was because I think you'll probably get a lot more of that from Steph and I. In well, the you're future. right. <laughs> well, I mean, it, people need to to hear that. People need to speak the truth like you, and people need to hear that, and people need to understand. So. Thank you for that. Well, I, no, I thank that. you. Yeah. I just it just blows my mind when people say, "Well, I'm not going to do this," even though it's very cl- okay, okay. Okay, they'll say, "Well, I don't want to do this," and then they're <laughs> like, "Why am I not ranking?" I'm like, "Well, it's because you said you don't want to do the things that's going." <laughs> There's to a one to one relationship right? there. Yeah. Hey, let's be real honest with each other. And so, if you can sit there, if you sit there and you're still scared to do all of this stuff, like you might as well just not do any of it. <laughs> Am I wrong? Like You are not wrong. I mean, if you're just, if you're going to do, if you're going to go against everything, you are literally wasting so much. You're just wasting resources at that point. So. Luckily, we have great clients who listen to our 100%. advice. 100%. And do yes, what we clients, suggest. I love you. Yes, this is not about you. <laughs> clients and future clients who uh, who love your advice and, and take it. So, awesome. Well, um we do have uh, one more episode next week, and Allison's going to indulge me and let me uh, kind of just share thoughts of uh, things I've, I guess mainly things I've learned over 22 years of owning this agency and being in business. And um, I'll try and keep it short and brief, but I just kind of wanted to, you know, for my goodbye episode, kind of share some things that hopefully help other business leaders as well, or, or at least give me a chance to just kind of kind of say a few things. And that's the plan for next week. So we'll probably have some weekly roundup stuff because things always happen every week and, you know, Facebook will annoy somebody or some breach will happen or Google will change something and we'll have to tell you about that. So we'll have some weekly roundup stuff. Um, I'll share a few thoughts and we will sign off uh, forever next week under the banner of Spin Radio anyway. And then I was that, say, I'm not. Yeah. Allison <laughs> and Steph will be back with a brand new podcast, which we're not sharing the name of it yet, are we? Or did we already? I can't remember if we shared it. Let's not. Let's just let's wait till next week. Okay, I don't yeah, think we'll, we did. So I don't think we did. We'll uh, we'll have the unveiling next week. So, um, so that will be it. So, anything else you want to add for today, Allison? I don't think so. You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, let's wrap up there then. So again, see you next week. But uh, as of today, Spin, Spin Radio is brought to you by SpinWeb, uh, now part of Mojo Media Labs at MojoMediaLabs.com, a digital agency. Uh, on the web at, again, mojomedialabs.com. You can still send questions or comments to radio at spinweb.net. That will still get to me and Allison. And uh, thanks again for joining us this week. As always, have a great day. We'll see you next time.